0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Hillfields Church podcast where we talk about Jesus, how much we love him and what he's doing in our church. Here's this week's message. We pray it blesses you, but most importantly, that it changes you. Check it out. So God has been challenging me to change since then, to change the way I do things, um, to make entering into the holiness of God and seeking holiness possible. And um, I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes you can find blockages. You want to seek God, yeah? There's not one person in this room that doesn't want to seek God, yeah? Hopefully, yeah, yeah. And, and, and yet sometimes you're like, I, I want to. I'm, 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 I'm putting things in place, but I can't get there. And God's saying, I'm highlighting reasons why. And you need to address those reasons. So he wants to spend time with us, but he doesn't want to be second best. He doesn't want you bringing stuff in with you that he said you should have left at the door, and that because you're bringing it in now, you're not focused on me; you're focused on that. So it's these types of things that will be different for different people. So as I started this process, and as I started to work out for myself, okay, God, like I want to spend time with you. I know I want to seek after holiness. I wanna, I wanna live a life that matches my position in Christ, yeah, as I shared before, that our, our um, behavior matches our position, um, but how do I do that, and I think often um, today, in today's world, we're in a world that everything is instant, yeah, instant world, yeah, we go, to, if we're hungry, we can go to a drive-thru, do you know what they've got now, because I go to Costa to prepare my word, um, um, in, in Crips, do you know what I built next to that, it's Costa drive Through, by the way, yeah, do you know what they built next to it now? Greg's drive through Like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, I can't wait to check that out. No, I mean, I was like, whoa, like, how have we got that lazy? Like, how have we got that lazy? We can't even walk into a shop and buy a pasty now. Yeah, we've got a drive through to grab it. And so, so you just, and I just see so many people driving through to get their coffees. And if you do this, there's no condemnation in Christ. Okay. But but actually, I just realise we've just got this world. We want everything now. We we don't want to queue for anything. We don't want to wait for anything. We we buy meals that are convenient rather than healthy. Yeah. So we we, we put things that we can throw in the microwave and eat quickly, and then we're done. Rather than actually learn how to cook or or read a cooker and book, cooking book, and all that kind of stuff. Um. So, um, and this hasn't been like a moment. This hasn't been in the last like six months or anything. This has been going on. Microwaves have been around since I've been born. So, you know it's been instant for a long time. And then we've got like instant things now, instant uh, gratification. If you post things, you can get people like what you post and you get instant gratification. So we find that now rather than finding it through um, a authentic relationship where someone will love you for who you are. now we're looking for like bots, people that don't even exist, you know, AI, things like that to, to kind of say, oh, I, I, you're good. I like, you know, and you're like, oh, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that, yeah, bots. <laughs> That's something I learned from Ben playing gaming. Um, but anyway, just just, just computer, just stuff like that, that now we're looking for somebody to be like, oh, I hope they can like my picture. And, and people will. And then you think, oh, I feel good. and then, But the problem with that is sometimes they don't. And then we feel the other way, don't we? We feel like, oh, I'm, I'm, I must be the worst person in the world or no one cares about me, all that kind of stuff. So we're looking, we're in a life that is that is instant. Everything's instant. So when we come to church... And someone like me preaches or someone else preaches. or We, we, are, we, we are expecting that God's instantly going to do something. And does anyone believe that God can do something right now? Yeah, I do believe that. Yeah, absolutely. And he can. But has anyone read the Bible? Just check in. Just Yeah, have you also realized that he does most things over time? That he teaches us through time. He teaches us through waiting, through wilderness moments, through patience. Yeah, like so actually, even though God can turn up in an instant and do something and we're praying for those moments and we want to see God do those things, that actually what 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 is the truth is that God will take you through a process a lot of the time. And so why do we sometimes like just like that message, we need to seek after holiness, and we people prayed and people got prayer and people got ministered to, we think Monday's gonna look really different, don't we? Yeah. does, does anyone like me, when you're at school, um, and you're in the summer holidays, and you got near the end of the summer holidays, and you get your new compass, protractor. You know, do you, do you know, you know, all that stuff. Does anyone maybe a new calculator because you changed years, so you get the scientific calculator rather than the one that's just got the numbers on it. You know, all these things, and you, and you get your new school bag, and you, and you know, you're re- you're fresh and you're ready. You think, ma, it's all going to be different, and then you get to school, and school's still the same. Still sucks. Yeah. But but you thought that actually now my protractor is going to change everything or my compass is going to change everything or my bag is going to change everything. But over time, that bag just wears out doesn't it? and you lose someone steals your compass and all that kind of stuff. And so it's that mindset that sometimes we think if we just got a fresh uh, sort of bit of stuff, then oh, tomorrow will be completely different. But God's saying, no, we started the process yesterday. We started the process. Now it's a journey. Now we go on the journey. So I was looking at my situation and things like that. So I'm not any. I was in a leaders meeting with other pastors this week, and and they brought a scripture about waiting on the Lord and stuff like that. And people were really honest in that room. There's about five or six pastors there, and they were just saying things like, "I'm not reading the Bible enough. I'm not praying enough. I need to spend more time with the Lord. I feel like," and there's not one person in this room. I wouldn't have that same sort of mindset that I'm not spending enough time with God. I need to be reading more of the Word. Even if you've read all of the Word this week, you probably still feel you haven't read it enough, yeah? It's just the way that we are. We can still learn. We can still grow. We can still spend time in the presence of God. So it's kind of like this universal thing that actually, as Christians, we know that we can do more. But what I realized is, like, well, I'm a pastor. I know that I should be reading the Bible more. I know that I can be – I have all the incentive I need to kind of just – push myself into that. So why do I struggle? And some of those things are distractions. Like we all got distractions. But actually, I started to just let God just reveal things to me. And some of most of it for me was like lethargy. See, I found out that that I was too lethargic. I found out I was lazy. Uh, I kept finding excuses no matter my intentions. I realized I could neither be disciplined nor consistent with that discipline. So... No matter what my intentions were from a Sunday meeting, let's say, or any gathering that we might get to, or any message you might listen to on YouTube that says, right, I'm going to be different, the next moment is then you find another YouTube clip, and you're completely watching something else, and you've been distracted, or, or that you, you just, you're just lazy, or you're just tired, or you just, oh, I'm tired. Oh, well, tomorrow, Lord, tomorrow, Lord, we'll start tomorrow. And that was me. That was what I was like. It was, like, it was me still, but it was, that was one my issue. That was where I was at. So I was speaking to God, and I was talking to God, and I was like, okay, God, well, what's, what's the big problem here? And, um, and I realized, and I didn't, didn't need to realize, but I realized I was overweight, I was unfit, and my diet wasn't good. My physical lifestyle was impacting my spiritual walk. Now, this isn't for everybody, because it might be something very different. It might be something else in your life that is impacting your spiritual walk with God. So don't suddenly think, oh, my gosh, is he going to start doing Keep Fit? Or, like... Get us all to join a gym and all that kind of stuff. That's this is this is a me thing. Okay, so I'm just sharing what's what I've been going through since that message. I'm I'm sure we could get different people up here and they would share stories that are similar but different different issues. And then I thought something that never I never thought would impact or be important enough to regarding stopping me from reading the Bible or praying or fasting or being able to hear God and be available to available to him, I realized, hang on a minute, I think these things are actually doing that. I think these things are actually stopping me from getting into a place with with God. Because my intention was there. I've done a message about that intentional. Yeah, we want to have intentional we want to be intentional and be more intentional with the things of God. But actually intentional doesn't really work unless we're willing to be consistent and disciplined in it. We have to, like, we can have the intention. I like, won't really intend on doing something, but we've got to actually do it and then do it again and do it again and do it again until it becomes um, a process and thing that a thing that we do consistently in our life. So I realized this. I realized that, okay, I'm tired. I'm, 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 my, my sleeping arrangements aren't that great. So I was going to bed too late. Uh, I was getting up too late. Like, it was just... So I was all these different things that were going on. You know when you get those people that say, oh, I get up at 5 in the morning and pray to the Lord, or the Lord just woke me up. I'm like, if the Lord woke me up at 2, I'm telling them to get lost, you know? Because like I was like that. I'm like, I'm, t- I'm in the sleep zone then. But actually just that realization of like, well, I, don't, I do not serve a God that will wake one up at 2 o'clock in the morning, you know? That is not my God, you know? like, But actually that realization that sometimes we can look at that and think, oh, people can, how do they do that? But ultimately... For me, it was just my lifestyle. So I got a gym membership. I ordered some healthier food. And I looked to cut down what I was eating. And then towards the end of the year, I had a different setback, which was in my head. It was mentally. So something came my way that I wasn't able to handle. And it put me in a darker place, personally, in my head. And, it's, and I started to feel absent from God. It made me sick physically. My body was in pain. And I had to, um, some of you might know, but I felt like I had to go to a hospital and get checked out. I had chest pains. I had pain in my body. I genuinely felt I was going to die. Um, and I've never felt fear very often in my life, particularly since we coming come into Jesus. But I had fear of death. But what I realized is I had allowed fear to enter my life because God has not given us a spirit of fear. So I had allowed it. So how have I allowed that fear to enter my life? Uh, How have I allowed that to come into my life? And so I was working through that process. um, And then one night, one of the nights just before I went into hospital, was the reason I went into hospital, was I couldn't sleep all night. All night, I I felt like I was drifting into my deep sleep. Every time I went to drift... My body would wake myself up. It was like my body woke me up. And, th- and it was fear because it felt, I felt like if I fell into a deep sleep, I'm going to die because I had so much pain in my chest. I just thought I'm never, my heart's going to fail. So I'd, I'd, I, I couldn't sleep. So I didn't sleep all night. I just dozed and then went through a process. And every time I went to go into deep sleep, I was like waking myself up. And I felt like it was my body telling me like, oh, you can't go to sleep. Can't go to sleep because that'd be the end of you. That'd be the end of your life. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, I can't let my family wake up to see me dead in this bed, or like, all these crazy things are going on in my head. So through this, through this process, through what was going on in my head, I had um, realised that I had insecurities in in my life. And I went to the doctors, Claire was there with me, but I went to the hospital and they checked over my heart because I was in pain. I was like leaning into Claire in the hospital waiting room and I was like in pain and I was like, it's got to be my heart, it's my heart, it's my heart. And um, and uh, I went in for, they tested everything and they did all the tests and then they called me in and I was expecting I have to go and have an operation. I was like set up for this. I was like, they're going to wheel me in, it's going to be it, you know. And... Um, and they said, there's nothing wrong with your heart. Your heart's fine. And they said, obviously, you know, get checked out and stuff like that. But your heart your heart is fine. And so I said, well, hang on a minute. I couldn't sleep last night. I just said, I couldn't sleep last night Um, because I thought my heart was going to fail me. And she said, there's nothing wrong with your heart. And she sort of said, said to me, if you're that tired physically, you'll fall asleep. But your brain can keep you awake. And I realized in that moment, I think, oh, I've allowed something to come in mentally that's now affecting me physically. And through that insecurity that I was chatting about, that insecurity was that something that, where people would challenge my character, okay? So someone would challenge my character and, um, and not, not like, um, you know, someone telling me off or anything like that, but they would challenge me in a way that was like, God had done something. I've been involved in what God had done, and then they would say, "Oh, that's that's only happened because of like you, you've done that sort of thing." And I was like, I hated it because it felt to me like that took all the glory away from God, and that somehow my character is the main reason that this is anything that God's doing has happened or whatever. And it was an excuse, I think, for people to maybe say that they couldn't possibly do it because they didn't have my character. But I struggled with it because I was like, I was here to tell tell some good stuff about what God's doing, and yet. Why is it still being made about me at the end of it when all the glory is supposed to be going to God? And I struggle with that. And I spoke to Claire and and I face attacks all the time because of this. I know why. I don't, you know, I know the reasons why I know what the enemy is up to and stuff like that. But it happens. And Claire said to me recently, she said, the enemy is always going to go after your character um, to destroy it because it changes lives. And I was like, yeah, you're right but inside I was breaking, I was in pain. Like I was like broken, something had broken inside of me. This is not that long ago, it was only last month. But it was something had happened and I was just like, I don't know how to wrestle with this, I don't know how to handle this. So my mental state was affecting my physical state as well. My body was being impacted by some stuff that was going on. So anyway, I joined the gym, did I tell you that? Yeah, joined the gym. And then came the day that I was going to go to the gym for the first time. Has anyone ever gone to the gym for the first time, the first day? You join a gym, probably in January, quit by February. But yeah, but you, yeah, you, you go into the gym for the first time. You've never been to this gym, that kind of thing. You already know what, you know, already what's going on in me. Now, my gym is in a retail park, okay? And, and it includes Costa and McDonald's and Subway. <laughs> And I parked my car, and it was facing all three of these things, these places. <laughs> now, putting this to perspective, I dropped Ben and Grace to Filton College, um, and then often I could go to, I would go to this retail park, sometimes I'd go to Costa to prepare my word, sometimes to meet with people, um, and I'd always get a cheeky sausage and egg muffin on the way into church if I could. Okay, so Everyone know what I'm talking about, social an egg m- muffin, yeah? Amen? Double, sorry, double social an egg m- muffin. Um, <laughs> everyone's like, oh, that's what I'm having for breakfast tomorrow. Okay, um, so this was put in a perspective that that would be my go-to, that would be my, my lifestyle, my mindset would be to do that and work through that process or whatever. So I'm sat there now facing what is actually my normal life, and to the side of me here is the gym, which is not my normal life, you know? I'm also not feeling a hundred percent. So I actually got a bit of a chest chest, like it wouldn't be a, say a chest infection, but just a bit chesty, a bit of a cold. So I'm not feeling a hundred percent. I'm not in that place. So I'm in this moment where I'm deciding gym, McDonald's, or go home and go back to bed and rest. I think that's fair. You know, get your strength back. So I sit in this car, and I'm having a battlefield of the mind. I'm telling you, this was about an hour. This is so bad. I was in the car for nearly an hour. Because I'm like, I know I need to do this thing. But I'm not feeling 100%. And McDonald's is there selling sausage and egg McMuffins. It gets better. I just made this really sad story. I was broken because of it. So. And I'm, and I'm I'm, talking myself out of the gym as well, because I'm like, you don't... You're going to go into the gym, do you know what I mean? And you're overweight, and they're all going to be, like, super fit, and you're going to go and try and get on the treadmill. you It's going to look ugly. It's going to look really bad, you know? And, um... You you know, no one you don't know anyone there, they all know each other, you know. What I realize is that actually nobody knows each other in the gym. Like everyone just does their thing, don't they? You get there, everyone's doing their thing. So it's I worked out later on, it's not too bad. But anyway. So I'm there and I'm having this conversation with myself. And I'm like, you just look a fool. If you go in there, you just make a fool of yourself. And a such an egg muffin sounds really good right now, doesn't it not? And I'm like, it does, it really does. So I taught myself out of getting the soshenik muffin but actually going to Asda which is on my right it was on the other side I thought I'm going to get some tablets for my 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 not feeling too well I'm going to I'm going to maybe get a croissant and I'm going to go home this is a true story I'm gonna, everyone's like laugh this is this is my life you're laughing at okay anyway and I'm going to go and I'm going to go and I'm going to go home and I'm going to rest and I'm going to get better and I will go to the gym when I'm 100% so I went around Asda and as I was going around Asda and I was getting my tablets and I was getting my croissant, nice fresh croissant, oh it was lovely. Anyway, um, as I was going around I had this voice and it says, you can do this, you can go to the gym, you can do it. So I got in the car, I took my tablets, I grabbed my water which I bought and I went into the gym. Okay, back to my mental situation, so we from the gym now back to dealing with my brain dealing with the insecurities impacting my relationship with God and like I said earlier the hospital kind of gave me this your heart's okay and and actually really Claire will tell you this but actually after I had that okay I was a bit like oh I feel different it was all in my head like something had really been built up in my head that caused a lot of stuff here stress basically and and stuff like that but 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 actually i was able to be like as soon as the i'm okay physically i was like okay i can deal with mentally i can deal with that so i was able to start fighting that battle but obviously if you're sick you can't do anything about it. you need medication or you need help or prayer or whatever but actually i can deal with my head so as soon as that happened i started to just chill a bit more and, and um i managed to get some prayer with um, nick and job i came to church not long after coming out of hospital. And um, Nick and job prayed over me as well and went through a bit of a process with them, just unloading some stuff and and just feeling a lot better afterwards and um, because of that. So then over Christmas and into revivals, I've been searching myself for the wickedness in myself and for God to show me what I am not navigating correctly. And I believe a lot of people have been doing that too, but also I encourage you, if you don't have that lifestyle, do it. If you're not willing to search yourself. No one likes that word wickedness, but I didn't write it. The Bible did. You know, it's written there. God wrote it. So search for that. What isn't right in your life? What isn't aligning with God? What, doesn't, what, what are you trying to mix with God and, and the world? Or mix with, with something that's causing you to be distracted away from the things of God? Search yourself and let God navigate that with you. And work that through you. So this is what I realized. We can blame others and we can blame our circumstances but the only thing that we can control is ourselves and the environment and the mindsets we choose to have so people can impact us externally that's never going to change you understand that put your hand over your child of god yeah the enemy's going to come at you hard for the rest of your life yeah and he will use people that are willing to be open to him to do that he just will so that's never. So this is what God was saying to me. You're never going to stop having people challenging you in areas that are going to impact your insecurities. Never. That's always going to be there. It's never going to go away. I'm never going to put you in a bubble to protect you that much because I need you in the world. I need you out there to impact lives. I need you out there speaking truth. So you're going to have when you start stepping out, when you start talking to people, when you start sharing about what God's doing, you're always going to have someone the enemy's going to use. It's, that's never going to go away. So we can blame people. We can blame people in our past for what they've done to us, but actually, the only power they have is what we give them. It's, it's, it's I know, I know. People want to sit and dwell on their pain, but I'm, and I, I'll get to mine in a minute. But the truth is, is like actually. I, I can't stand people having that power over me after they're not even in my life, but they still got power, and yet. Yeah, that seems to be the case a lot with a lot of us is that we still dredge up what happened then to bring it into today. And God will show me something about that, which I'll share with you a bit later. But what I realize is that I can't can't change them. I can't change their opinion. I can't change their view. I can't change the external impact that someone can have on me or something that can have on me. But I can choose how I receive it and how I deal with it. So this is what I've been battling with over the Christmas period, just working with God and just saying to God, okay, show me my wickedness. Show me the things that are in my life. Though I know their wickedness. I don't need you to show me that. And God will deal with people. God will deal with people. If there's injustices against you, God promises those things. It's not, you're not judge. Yeah, just say that to the next person. You're not the judge. Yeah, you're, 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 not, you're not the jury. Yeah, you're, you're not the one that gets to bring the justice or, in, or deal with the injustice. It's not your responsibility. It's God's. God says, I'll take care of you. You trust me. So you give, you give it to me. You give them to me, and I'll deal with it. So I, And I already know all this stuff because I preach it to you guys all the time, but I was getting into this place where I was like, oh, no, no, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. And God's like, you just need to listen to your own advice. You need to just listen to some of your own preachers, you know? I have a long list of people that have hurt me. Anyone else? Yeah, yeah. People that have tried to destroy me, people that have attacked me. I've been placed at times in unfair circumstances because of others. I've had injustices against me, but I can't control any of that. God said this to me. There will always be people who will challenge your character. There will always be moments that will impact your insecurities. But I cannot have you allowing yourself to be impacted in this way anymore. You are too valuable to me, and I need you to be available when I call on you. It's time to mature. These things will not go away. They will not cease. If anything, they'll come at you more. How you handle them is what you need to learn. And I think this is the problem that we kind of maybe come to Jesus like he's a, um, he is a miracle worker. But we come to him in a mindset that he's just going to give us a tablet and it's all going to go away. But actually, he wants to, us to come to him and go through the process of therapy with him so that we can actually properly heal. And we can actually be properly restored. And I think we come to God and we say, I've got prayer. I think it should be okay. And we're still in the same mess. We're still battling away. We're still... Being attacked, we're still not navigating that attack very well, and it and it's causing us so much pain and so much discouragement, and it's stopping us from edging forward into the things that God wants us to. And this can be anything; it could be something that goes right back to your childhood where you just weren't treated right by your parents, that they put, they maybe did. But but God is saying you need to bring that to me. You need to bring that to me. Like I, like like don't let that have power over you anymore. But what we do is we sometimes say, oh, can I have prayer? We get prayer, but we don't actually go through the process. We just get an instant, like, oh, I've had a tablet. I've had a, you know, I've had a bit of medicine, and I think, like, I'm ready to go again. And this is what my character was like, that I'd almost pick myself up and just go again, pick myself up and go again. And, um, and it's not healthy. So why these two stories? Well, the message title today is Feeling It 100. God told me today, I, the day I, as I left the gym, you will never be at 100%. Know this so you can do more than you thought possible and stop making excuses. Church, you will never have everything aligned the way you need it in order to overcome pain, addictions, grief, sin, to have a successful marriage, to be a good mother or a father. You will always be disadvantaged in some way you need to know this this is what I had to learn but you need to know this you need to know that everything is not just going to line up and it's all going to and then you're like right now I'll do it now I can be the person God's called me to be now I can be the husband by the time you've decided oh now everything's working now I can be the husband I need to be your wife's left you or by the time you get to a place I can finally be the father or the mother that I really hope to be the kids have grown up and moved out You have to understand that you've got to work at a disadvantage. You're never going to be, you're going to be just like me. I'm not feeling 100% right now. And God says, but you can still go to the gym. You can still go to the gym. You might not be 100%, but you can still get there and you can still do it. And I did. And it was ugly and very sweaty. But I still got there. Because I had to wrestle and battle. Because if I hadn't actually won that fight in that moment, then maybe I never would have gone to the gym again. Because at what point am I ever going to be 100%? At what point is my mind going to be 100%? At what point is my body physically going to be 100%? At what point is the the clock going to work in my favor? You have to push through not being 100. And you need to understand this. God's not going to just fix everything to you to be at optimum position. You're going to have to push through despite your weaknesses. And this is what God has been teaching me and showing me. Same with my mental battle, dealing with my insecurities and the schemes of the enemy. God has been teaching me and showing me that whilst it hurts and is painful, how I'm dealing with it is not okay. And he's saying to people here today, how you're dealing with it is not okay. You think you're dealing with it because you think you're being strong by moving forward. And God said, but you've, you've still got injuries. You're still wounded. So even though you're walking on, you're now the walking wounded. And this is what he was saying to me. God said this to me. He said, um, actually, I'll share this bit first, first of all. He, he showed me that I was wounded by what someone has said or done. But instead of having that wound healed, I dusted myself off, and I go again. No, it's not a good thing. That's, that's the opposite of what God, what, he doesn't want you to dust yourself off and move on. He wants you to be healed. And that's what I was doing. I was in this place where I was like, God, that person said something to me, and, uh, and it hurt. And I'm like, but it's okay because I'm, I'm your servant and I'm doing what you want me to do. So, okay, it's just part of the territory. So I'll just move forward. I'll just get on with it. And God says, that's not, that's not, that's not how I want you to work. He doesn't want any of you to work that way. He's put calling in your life and he's put passions in you to, to serve and to, 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 to reach people and impact people's lives. But, but actually, he's saying that the most important thing is you. So if you're not taking care of your health, your mental health, your physical health, if you're not actually coming to me when somebody said something to you, then it's going to impact you because you're going to end up going into the next battle with a wound. And I don't know how far back my wounds go. I'm not trying to be too overly um, therapeutic about anything. I, don't want, I just want to nail things that are real. I don't want to get too deep about it. I just want, what is the problem, God? Let's deal with it. So, so it's not about going too, dredging into too much or pulling up too much, but if there's things that you haven't dealt with, with the Lord and it might stretch back further. then God's not going to let you move forward until you deal with it. And what I found was not bringing it to God, not allowing him to heal me, um, not allowing him to change that, was that then I was able to use these scars, or not even scars, wounds, as a badge of honor. Yeah, like, so I could dredge out dredge up these things that people have done to me when I, and I can bring them into the, oh you won't believe the things I've had to go through, oh let me tell you my story and there's sometimes, especially as I'm working with other, with other pastors, I might be in that place where I'm saying to them look, I, I know your issue I know what you're going through because I've gone through it, so there's nothing wrong with talking about what we've gone through but actually what I realise is that you kind of start showing off your wounds like a toddler when they get a plaster you know, they're like coming up to you with their elbow yeah, and they're showing you like, oh, you got you got a baddie, you got a paddy there. And it's it that's and I was like, oh my gosh, I've become this person. And I'm like, oh I've got, look, I'm wounded, I've got a baddie. And I'm telling people, like, oh, I've got a baddie, look, I've got a baddie. Did you see what they did? And it's like, and it's almost like, oh man, actually I maybe I'm enjoying that. Maybe I actually like the fact that these things have happened to me that I can then collect them all up as a big trophy cabinet and show it off. And God is saying, you need to get rid of that. can't walk around wounded and this is the other picture he showed me so we can all have we can all have a wound yeah and you could probably still get on it if you're in the army not i've ever been in the army but if you're in the army and um someone you know you got nicked or something you know some some kind of wound you might be able to still go on and you could still give a good percentage of what you've got for the battle but if you've got multiple wounds there's nothing you can do you're just weak you're not going to be able to pull the trigger. You're not going to be able to do anything. You're just going to be like literally just waddling your way through until you fall on your face. And that's what God said to me. He says, you've got too many wounds. You've got too many wounds. You haven't brought these wounds to me and along the way. You've just moved on. And you share them. Like You say, oh, this person said this or this person did this or this person attacked. or, But actually, you never told me. You never sat down with me. You never... Did, did, went through the process with me, you just actually just shared it with everyone else. And God's saying it's time to let those heal, those wounds heal, which is what I've been going through that process over. That's what I did through revivals. I just came to God and I just said, God, I'm giving you these wounds. I'm letting these people go. I'm forgiving whatever I need to do, whatever whatever was being highlighted. But I feel like God is challenging us all to say you've got wounds, and actually, you think the strongest thing of being a, a strong, of being a strong Christian, <laughs> of being a strong Christian is that actually we think being a strong Christian is us saying, "Look, it's just water for ducks." Back to me, I'm all right, and God's like, "You fool! You fool! You need to come to me. I'm the one that heals. I'm the one that restores." I'm the one that will give you the strength to move forward. You can't do it in your own strength. You're operating in your own strength now. It's foolish for us to think that we can be attacked and beaten and, and hurt and v- with verbal or physical and think that we're just going to be okay because I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. Okay, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with Jesus. It's all good. I walk in the power of the Lord. I've got the armor on. I'm all good. And God's like, yeah, you put the armor on after you got the wounds. They're still there. Like, and we've got to start dealing with this, whether it's rejection from your family when you were younger or whether it's, it's um, like, things that have happened when you, with your faith, like where when you walk with God, if you genuinely, genuinely walk with Jesus, you are going to be attacked. And you're going to be shocked by it because usually what comes, what leads to the attack is the enthusiasm and the energy you gain from a moment with God. So you're in a moment where you're like, I was in a meeting like this, maybe, or a a gathering or a moment with God or whatever, and God speaks to you, God does something, maybe get prayed for, God does a work, and you're like, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go, let's go, God, and you're ready to run. Yeah, it comes from our enthusiasm, it comes from our excitement in our faith with God. And then then the the first thing that will probably happen to you is not someone saying, oh, keep going, mate. It's going to be someone saying, why are you doing that? And you were like, ah, I thought it was a really good idea. And now I'm just going to go back to bed. Yeah? And you had all this from the Holy Spirit, from the Lord. The enemy's going to come at you hard to try and destroy you. And then you're going to be like, oh, probably wasn't Jesus then. Probably wasn't the Lord. And it's like, no, it hurt. Give it to God. Let him heal it. However long that takes. And then get on with it. The only reason you got the wounds... The only reason the enemy is attacking is because of how, how much you can impact the kingdom of heaven. If you really understand it. If you're really willing. So then God said these things to me. He said, what does my word say? What does my word say? And these are the things that came to my mind, scriptures that came to my mind. So in Matthew 11:28 it says, come to me. All of you labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So when we're heavy laden and burdened, when someone says something nasty over you, when someone's done something that has caused you to feel pain or rejection or discouragement, when a situation that you're surrounded by is causing you to feel distracted and discouraged, do we go to the Lord? See, this is what Scripture says. When you are, all those that are weary, all those that are heavy laden, those that are weighted down, come to me and I will give you rest. It's basic Christianity, basic walking with God, but we are not, we don't do it. We run around and I shared this last week. We run around until we're on empty, till the tank is on empty. And we think that that's some kind of badge of honor. Look at what I'm doing for you, Lord. And we're literally crawling across the floor, trying to get to the well. And God is saying, You're supposed to come to me every time. Not when you've got a collection of burdens, not when you've got a collection of wounds. Not when you've got when not when you've got things that are in a in a way that's like oh I've got all oh, that happened to me or okay I'm all right I can keep going all oh, that happened to me I'm okay God's like each time bring it to me each time come to me each time just let me come and do the work this is what the word of God says so when we don't do that and then we crash and we hit a wall or we feel overwhelmed and I was shocked last year because. By the time I got to the end of the year, and it was an interesting year last year, God did some incredible things, but there's other things that were going on in my personal life that I had to battle with, but actually, like, I didn't realize that how mentally I was going to be impacted to impact myself physically. So by the end of the year, I was just stressed, and I was like, what have I, I was, and this is how I think, I'm not, I got, I, I know some of the things that gone in my life, but I'm like, what have I got to be stressed about? Or two, how many uh, baptism packs we got to order this week? How many salvation? Like, what, what have I? I deal with stressed out pastors that are struggling to see people get saved. I'm like, God, what have I got to be stressed about? And He's saying, but there's, it's not about that. It's about the fact that something happened to you and you didn't let me heal you. So you carried it through, and then something else happened to you and you didn't let me heal you. And it's, and this is what God wants to say to you today is that you might look at your life and think, I'm blessed, what have I got to moan about? What is?" And God's like, that's not the issue. It's not about what you're in now. It's about what you haven't let me heal on the way. And that's what I started to realize. Is like, God, I'm not bringing things to you. I, I, I'm just pushing on quick. I'm moving on fast because I think that's what I'm supposed to do. I think that's what marks a good, strong Christian, isn't it? And God says, no, what marks a very strong Christian, do you want to know what marks out a really strong Christian? Vulnerability. And humility. Not your own strength, not your own righteousness. It's actually being willing to come to God and say, I can't do it. If I haven't got you with me, I can't do it. If you're not going to help me through it, I can't get through it. That's what marks a true Christian. Someone that follows God is vulnerability. We're in a, sadly, we're in a country, British country, where vulnerability got pushed out by the generation before us everyone's got a stiff upper lip and they say oh don't show your vulnerabilities you'll probably hear it from people maybe even in this church that'll say oh don't show too much emotion don't show much too much vulnerability well actually when i read the word of god david was very vulnerable before god and he was a man after god's own heart so when i see the vulnerability of people um, um in the word of god and i realize okay where did we go wrong when did we decide to start putting that in the way when did we decide to say to people oh we don't show how you feel don't don't be vulnerable before god and i think as leaders as well as leaders of churches that we can get into that place of like i can't show weakness because i'm leading i can't show i've got to a point now and god says no if this has happened to you come to me those that are weary and heavy laden come to me not oh only if you're not a leader now you don't you don't everybody come to me i will give you strength i will give you rest matthew 6:14 For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. This can be a big one for some people because some people say there's just some things I can't forgive people for. Then you don't really know what true uh, salvation is. Because whilst people can do horrific things to us, we did horrific things to God and continue to. And therefore, we need his forgiveness. God's not... This is, I know everyone's heard this before, but forgiving someone is not never, le- never letting them off the hook. It's, it's giving you peace and releasing you to receive the fullness of God's forgiveness. Read the scripture. God says he'll forgive you the same way you forgive others. So if you haven't got that, that's going to cause pain in you. That's going to cause stress. That's going to cause you not to be able to move forward with the way God wants you to move forward. Ephesians 4.31 Let all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and evil speaking be put away from you. Anyone want to hear it? I don't want to be like, well, what do you mean? Bitterness, rage, anger. If we don't come to God first, if we're impulsive, yeah, some people are impulsive in this room probably. I could point to some of you. Um, but we can be impulsive to move on our emotions. But God's saying, don't, don't move on your emotions. Rest in me. Come to me. And I'll show you how to handle this. Colossians 3 12 13, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must do. 1 Peter, verse 5, likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud. And gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may elect you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Casting your cares, your issues, your problems onto him. Not carry it yourself till you collapse. Cast it on him. Give it to him. Because he cares for you. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. It wasn't them, it wasn't it. That's the problem. It's me. I was the problem. I'm the problem. Because I'm the only one that can deal with me. And you're the only one that can deal with you. Stop looking at what other people did to you Look at, stop looking at the injustice that they're performing against you and just sit with God and let him show you what he wants you to do. Because if it impacts your walk with God, it's become an idol. And that's what God was challenging me in. You've allowed this situation, this, 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 this stuff, this, these insecurities, these words to become bigger than me. You didn't even bring it to me. You ran away and you cried and hid in the cave. And that can't happen anymore. That's what he said to me. That can't happen anymore. If you want to pursue holiness, you need to deal with this stuff. It's not them. God will deal with them. This is what I said. God will deal with my enemies and he will work in those who cause pain to me. God will do it. I'm responsible for how I deal with it. And so are you. So when stuff comes your way, When things aren't always aligning, how you handle it is actually the real problem. That's what God was showing me. How you handle it, Rich, what you're doing. God told me it's time to let go, to let him heal these wounds. Like I said, through revivals, I've been allowing God to do that. I'm sure he's still working on things. I'm still wrestling with going to the gym. I'm going, but I'm still wrestling with it, I've only had one sausage and a muffin in like two months, which is amazing. Um, thank you, thank you. Praise God. I only eat through him, through Christ that strengthens me. Um, I now know I can do it today, not because I feel 100, but because he's put the strength and the tools in me for me to conquer today. He's given you what you need, even if you're not 100%. He's given you the stuff, he's given you the, the, the makeup that you're lacking, he's given you to navigate through today, to navigate through tomorrow. I can be a good father and not be a 100. I can be a good husband and not be at my best. I can enjoy life even if my bank account is depressing. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, the saying that's uh, what the kids say is keep it 100. What that means is to keep it real, be authentic, be truthful. But if we're really going to be honest and truthful, I'm feeling like 75 today. What about you guys? Maybe some of you 10. Maybe some of you one, hanging on. Maybe some of you are 98. Maybe you're like, you've had a really, you know, you're just in a really great place. None of us in this place are going to be ever feeling 100. And it's that authenticity and honesty that we need to have with ourselves. And then we need God's strength to help us push through whatever it, the obstacle is in front of us. Just like getting to the gym. It sounds nuts because just get and go to the gym, Rich. Just get there and go there, yeah. But the truth is, it was a big deal. I actually needed God to speak to me so I could walk into a gym. And you might think that's crazy, but maybe some of the things you're facing, some of the obstacles in front of you, you're not actually asking God for the strength, and then you just think it's impossible. And God says, maybe just have a walk around Asda, get some croissants, and let me speak to you, and I'll give you the strength. To go. Society, the world, ourselves, the church can create this hundred percent mentality. I want to speak to leaders in the church too, people that have got responsibilities. You're never going to be one hundred percent. You're never going to be one hundred percent. Don't let people put on you that you've got to look a certain way. You've got to be authentic in your faith with God. You've got to be real with God. And yeah, you need to navigate through things that aren't, if they're not honoring God, God will challenge you to deal with those things. But don't sit there and wait, I will do it. I will be better at it when I am 100. You're not going to get there. you just got to crack on. Any parents in the house? I want to let you know that you will wake up probably 20%. Yeah? Like, if you're like me, I'm a zombie. Yeah, you wake up and then you got to deal with a, a, a newborn. And you've got to deal with a baby that's crying. Or you've got to, you're not 100, are you? You're not there like, ooh, the baby's awake. Let's go. Let's put some music on. Let's praise Jesus. Let's praise together at 2 a.m. in the morning. You're like, just drink your milk and go back to sleep, please. Whilst you fall asleep. Anyone done that? Where you're like, don't fall asleep when you're feeding the baby. Oh, my gosh. How long was I asleep for? Yeah? We're not 100 as parents, and that doesn't stop when they're newborns. It stops when they start carrying them on until, well, forever. You're never going to be 100. You're going to come back from work. It's going to be a stressy day, and they're going to demand your attention. What do we say? Sorry, I can't give you my best today, so therefore, can you come back tomorrow? I might be better. Already knowing that you're going to go to the same place that you went today, and you're going to feel the same. We just get on with it, don't we? We give them what we've got and that's all God's asking for us. You come and give me what you've got. You give me what you've got. You might be at 70% right now, but you give me that. You might not be feeling enough, but you can get in the gym. You can work through this. You can do this. Press through. Push on. Get on with it. You know, we think that we can come to God when we when we're clean enough. We can come to God when we're not stuck in this mess anymore. We can keep it 100. When we get there, when we get to the place that that we feel like, oh, this isn't there anymore. Now I can give God my life. You'll be dead before you get there. I'm sure there's a lot of people that are going to hell that thought that they had more time to sort some stuff out to get better so that they could actually then give their life to Jesus. Oh, I will. There's some people you hear on the streets, oh, I will, but when I'm older. Well, you don't have that guarantee. So, people think that they I'll get there when I can give God 100%. God just wants what you've got. He's never been asking for that. He died because he knew humans couldn't ever get there by themselves. And last time I'm checked, we're all human, yeah? Just check to the person next to you and say, are you human? (laughs) Yep. If they slap you, I'm sorry. Okay. (laughs) Stop trying to figure it all out before you give God your life, or before you start that journey of discipline. Know this right now. Life is never going to be 100. So stop waiting for it and start walking by faith and not by sight. And start now. Start now. Can I show you one more thing? Can I show you one more thing? Yeah, yeah, I can stop. Do you, can I show you one more thing? You sure, yeah? Okay, can you just put this picture up on the thing? Cheers, Devine. Okay. This is a treadmill. <laughs> this is on a treadmill. So I did this thing right. I resisted McDonald's and I resisted Costa and I resisted having a nap and a croissant. Yeah, I got through the doors of the gym. Yeah, I had to work out how it worked with my thing. I had to go through, walk into this alien place. Like working out where to go, I went the wrong way. First of all, walked around all the areas I didn't want to go in. Okay, like the stuff that looked too too scary, and and I ended up finding the treadmill, and I finally get on the treadmill for the first time in probably like twenty years. I'm on a treadmill, I made it, I've reached the promised land, <laughs> and then I start walking on the treadmill. I started walking. I didn't run first of all, so I started walking on the treadmill, and then uh. I looked down, because that's what I was doing, because I was already out of breath. I was looking down. And there was this button, and it's the biggest button on the whole of the treadmill. And it says that. Stop. And I was like, I don't need that kind of temptation right now. (laughs) Why have they put that there? I'm sure it's for health and safety reasons, but what I'm saying is like, that's the worst button for anyone who's trying to start something. I was like, I've started and now I want to stop and there's a there's a button that lets me. <laughs> just laughed. I laughed. I was like, God, not, I've just pushed through not being 100. I pushed through doing this thing that was so hard and so difficult. A big deal. A thing that was going to start changes in my life. And then... There's temptation straight away when we move into the plans of God. Satan couldn't get you and stopping you because you weren't 100% but you still did it. But that doesn't mean you're not going to have a stop button presented to you once you push through. There's always going to be a big stop button you can press. A button to quit. A button to say, I tried. I gave it a go. I mean we're really polite to each other in this church I just want to let you know. So if I said to you if I gave a message and I said guys I went to the gym and I got there and I pushed through and I got on the treadmill and I and I did some kilometers on the treadmill and then this button was there and I pressed stop because I felt the Lord was saying I just wanted to test you and you passed the test and you tried You'd be like, oh, Rich, you tried. Amen, brother. You tried. Maybe because it means that you don't have to try either. But, but we're too polite with each other. But the truth is, this is the reality of our lives. Is that when God causes us to step into the plans that he has for us, even initiating that is tough. But it's even tougher in the process. I mean, don't get me... I'm on a treadmill, okay? I'm on a treadmill. I'm sweating. I, I even... Went running for a bit on it and stuff, yeah? And you start sweating and you start, and and I'm like, suddenly I realized how old I was. I was like, my hip hurts. I'm like, I'm gonna have to find out where Joe got his hip done so I could get my hip done. Like, because I'm feeling like maybe, like, and then I was like, oh God, I got a bad hip. I don't know if this is really a good thing. You know, obviously it's causing pain in my body. That can't be a good thing. There's always gonna be aches and pains. There's always gonna be things that are going along the way to cause you to wanna quit to cause you to want to jump out, to cause you to say, well, I did try, God, but it just seemed like it was, it couldn't be you because it wasn't easy. It couldn't be you because it it started, I had a few aches along the way, I had a few discouragements along the way and there was this really big stop button on the, and I just thought that's clearly the Lord has provided. (laughs) Yeah. You see, what I thought was really tough, which was getting in the gym, was nothing compared to when you start running on a treadmill and then you're like, I would just like to stop right now. And one of the hardest things about discipline in your walk with God is there is no coach. You don't have a coach. You've got brothers and sisters around you that might encourage you, but ultimately, your your walk with God, your journey with God is yours and his. Yeah, it's you and him. So what happens is if God is challenging you and he's saying, I want you to read more of your Bible, John. Yeah, you're not necessarily going to get someone else. That's not a word from the Lord. I'm just... (laughs) If he's saying that to you, then, then, then you, you'd be like, okay, well, oh, Lord, where's the other people that are doing it? And then we get discouraged because we don't see other people doing it. But God's like, you've got to coach yourself. This is me and you. This is me telling you. This is a me and you thing. So for me, going to the gym, that's why I'm not like, guys, you've got to get to the gym as well. Because actually, it's a really horrible place to go. So don't, unless God tells you. Okay. So, but, but what I'm saying is actually going, that's my challenge. So that means I have to motivate myself to go. I have to decide if I'm going to go. I have nobody to uh, challenge me if I don't. So if I get a sneaky sausage and egg McMuffin, which could happen in the future, no one will know, will they? I will know. And God will know. And sometimes because we think, well, that's the only two people that know, doesn't really matter, does it too much? We break our disciplines. It's very hard to get yourself up for self-disciplines. But actually, if you want to read your Bible more, you've got to find your niche. You've got to find the thing that works. You've got to get rid of it. So for me, changing my health has made me more awake to read. I've read more books in the last month. I've read more of my Bible in the last month. I've done more studies in the last month. I prayed more than I've ever prayed before. I've slept better than I've ever slept before. So, so me changing something here enabled me to do the thing that I was craving and the thing is for you you might be craving to spend time more time with God but what is it that's in the way what is it that's blocking that what people are in your life that shouldn't be there that's stopping you getting even getting to church on a Sunday what things are, are, are in the way what's stopping you look at that stuff rather than oh I feel really condemned because I didn't read my bible well maybe there's a reason why because we beat ourselves up saying oh I can't read my bible so I, I'm not I'm not like you and it's like Maybe there's reasons first that you need to deal with before you can get to that place. And that's what I found. And that's what God has been really showing me. And I'm 28 years in my faith. So if you're young in your faith, don't feel condemned. Just know God's trying to speak to you and encourage you to say, actually, if you sit with me and you let, let me show you some of the things that are in the way and blocking your faith and your walk with me, then you'll be surprised what actually they are. So once I started to deal with these things, once I started to deal with my mind and battle through that, and I think I've got to be presented with something that's going to impact my insecurities to see how I'm handling it. But I I know now I've got to bring it to God immediately, and I need to let Him heal me in that moment. It's a me problem, not a them problem. For many of us, we fail to finish what God started in us because we use the excuse that there were too many obstacles that we weren't feeling 100, but that's the point. God has called you because you're not 100. He's called you because he needs to make up the rest. He's called you because when you're weak, he is strong. He's called you in your weaknesses. He's called you in your lack of being 100 so that actually he will get the glory for your life. And if you wanna share the glory, with him for your life then you will get to share the glory but you will not see God move the way he wants to move in your life so search yourself ask God, God what is actually stopping me from these disciplines maybe it is health like me maybe it is something in your mind like me maybe it is something from your past maybe it is laziness but maybe it is caused through something else that you do Maybe it's bad sleep causing issues for other things. Maybe you've shown that you can be committed to certain things, not to do with the church, and you've got a lot of energy for those things, but that burns all your energy for the things that God wants to do when you do turn up for church. I love it when I get messages sometimes when people say, oh, I can't make it tonight, today, to church. And I'll be like, "All oh, right, All the energy went on last night, did it? On Facebook, because you see it. It's those things, isn't it? Oh, I would love to be at church, but I just can't make it. It's just, everything's against me right now. I was like, well, you managed to get to there. Throw all your energy into that. I'm only saying it because people post it on Facebook, so don't post it on Facebook, I won't say it. (laughs) But what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is actually, if we put our energies in a certain way that aren't to do with God, then why, why would we have any energy to give him praise and glory and turn up on a Sunday morning and worship him or get to other things that God is doing? Maybe it's those little tweaks that need to be made that will improve your walk with God. God showed me that in dealing with my insecurities my way, I was not relying on Him for what I could not handle. I was trying to handle it. I was trying to fix things. I was pretending things were okay, but never really coming to God. And as Christians, this is often why we fail. Why fatigue sets in. Why we get discouraged. We think we have to keep it 100, but the truth is... It's a little percent us and a big percent God. If we can get this understanding in our lives, you're going to see God do some great things this year. I promise you, God will do some great things in your life. If you're really willing to just search yourself and say, God... I don't, I don't want to just kick on having still got baggage. I want you to handle it so it doesn't affect my mind, so I can have a clear mind, so I can actually serve you. And actually, I understand now that I'm going to end up serving you, not with 100%, but with just what I've got. And God said, that's all I need. I'll do the rest. You bring me what you've got. I want to encourage people in this room or people online that do not know Jesus or have found themselves quitting or allowing that darkness back in, I want to encourage you today, you were never meant to do it alone. You were never meant to be the one carrying all the weight and all the pain and all the struggles, never. You are meant to grow up, like I was being told. You're meant to mature and realize that we get to hand over our cares, our anxiety, our fears, our pain, our hurt, our sin battles to God. And if we can know this today, we will see a brighter tomorrow. Philippians 3.13 says, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it on my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. There's two big words in that statement from Paul. One is straining, the other one is press on. We haven't arrived, but if we really want to run this race with God there's going to be straining involved. And you're going to have to press on. You're going to have to press through pain. You're going to have to press through negativity. You're going to have to press through your insecurities. You're going to have to press through things that, um, that the enemy is throwing at you, that seem overwhelming. You're going to have to press through it. You're going to have to push through the storms. You're going to have to push through the difficult moments. You've got to strain forward. Straining forward is how Paul describes it, the journey of walking with God. It's not 100, oh, look at me. I feel like I'm fit as a fiddle. We can go and serve the Lord now. It won't work that way. Come to the Lord with just what you've got. Make do with what you've got. God will bless you. God will add. God might change your job. He might do all these different things. But what God has given you right now, work with it. Work with what you've got. God's given you a family. Honor it. God's giving you finances, no matter how small it is, honor it. Just honor what you've got. You might be thinking, "I want to see a few more zeros on my bank account. I want to see, I want to, I want to see more fruit in my family. I want to see a better, I want to have a better job. I want to drive a better car. Like whatever it might be, those things can come. But, but actually, just work with what you've got. Work with what you've got, and and and, and work with what you've got inside of you, which might not be one hundred. We're going to be baptized in Paris shortly. Yay. If anyone else here has not been baptized and wants to get baptized, please go and speak to Jamie at the back right now, and he will sort you out. Please make today the day you surrender to God. Please make today the day that you choose to know in your heart of hearts that what you've got is enough and it's okay. You don't need to go and get more. You don't need to rush around. You don't need to go to the the store, the, the spiritual store and get more stuff off the shelf to please God or to honor God or to make God think that you're now more ready. God says, just come and bring him what you've got. It's enough. It's enough. It's enough. So you might be faced with the gym. You might be faced with the gym and like me, or an obstacle similar, and you're sat in the car for an hour, deciding McDonald's, Costa, Asda, you know, whatever it might be. You might have all the temptations there, and then you're thinking, the reason why you're not going to go in the gym is, oh, I'm not really 100%. God's saying, you are. you've got enough. You've got enough in you to do this.